Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Rob. We're a writing team from New Jersey with a passion for film. An aggressive, all-consuming passion. Well, whenever we see a news article we find, like, insane, uh, immediately it's... How can we make a movie out of this? Every episode we read a crazy article from different sources and tumble down our own rabbit hole. Discussing cast, crew, and plot. And then we hash out a pitch for a feature film. So, join us as we BS about movies and ask the important question... What do you got? What do you got? All right, we are recording. Welcome, everybody, to episode 25 of What Do You Got, starring myself and Robert. Um, I don't like how you said Robert. (laughs) It was a little, a little, I don't know, pompous, pretentious, a little (laughs) aggressive, I guess. It was, it was aggressive. It was pretty aggressive. All right, Robert, why don't you calm down? <laughs> um, so we have a very interesting article that Rob found uh, that we're going to bring your way today. And uh, boy, oh boy, is this something strange I had never heard about. And Rob, off the bat, I'm just going to let you take control of this one and and, and run rampant. So, so this is something I've had kind of floating around in my head since... Since high school, to be honest, um, I remember people uh, trading around a screenshot of the Wikipedia article of the Great Emu War, which is a thing that actually happened in Australia in the 1930s. Um, <laughs> and the reason this, this screenshot went viral, it says the Great Emu War, 1932, combatants, uh, so many members of the Australian military, one heavy machine gun versus emus. And then at the bottom, it said outcome emu victory uh <laughs> which is Emu's one nothing it, it's it's a horrifying concept and to be honest i'm doing this because uh uh meg uh nick's girlfriend and my friend uh is terrified of ostriches and emus uh so that is <laughs> pretty much the only reason this episode is happening um so the, we're, we've got a link funniest... for you what? Sorry, the the funniest thing about this is that I was reading the article today, and she was in the office, and she looked over my shoulder and just went, "Oh fuck you guys!" <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> uh, um, before before we begin, uh, just so everyone who's listening, uh, we do seem to be having a one second about lag between Rob and I. We're gonna try to fix that in post, hopefully. But uh, if you do see a little bit of dead silence between my speaking and rob speaking and vice versa that's the reason so yeah doing the best we can over the worldwide interweb (laughs) uh so we've got an article for you uh it's a quick one as a a primer for this bizarre nonsense uh from atlas obscura and it's short enough where i'm just going to read you guys the whole thing and it's also got a couple video links in it that are good in 1932 australia declared war on emus and lost. Here's a sentence that is once absurd, yet unsurprising. No, this is not an early April Fool's joke. The above video from the Associated Press shows the very real Great Emu War of Western Australia, in which soldiers with machine guns were deployed to, f- were deployed to fight off the flightless birds. Fight off the flightless birds is a horrible sentence, and they shouldn't have written it. Uh, what did emus do you. to deserve armed combat? Well, Western Australian farmers had been facing hard times with their crops following the Great Depression, 
and their difficulties increased tenfold with the arrival of some 20,000 emus migrating inland during their breeding season. I, I want you guys to imagine this. It's like in Jurassic Park. And they're like, oh, they do move in herds. And those flock of like weird little bird dinosaurs are moving around. That's what it was, but with emus. <laughs> um, so the farmers relayed their concerns to the government, who called upon a deputation of ex-soldiers from the First World War, who requested the use of machine guns to fight off emus. So this wasn't a bunch of redneck yokels with guns being like, we'll go and take care of the pest problem. These guys saw <laughs> combat in one of the worst conflicts in human history. Uh, we got a good quote here. The ensuing emu war has been summarized thusly by ornitho ornithologist uh, Dr. D.L. Cerventi. The machine gunner's dreams of point-blank firing into serried masses of emus was soon dissipated. The emu command had evidently ordered guerrilla tactics, and its unwieldy army soon split up into innumerable smaller units that made use of the military equipment uneconomic. A crestfallen field force therefore withdrew from the combat area after about a month. Despite the above clip in which the human soldiers fired their Lewis guns with vigor, it was the emus that came up came out victorious in the Great Emu War of 1932. The birds remain plentiful <laughs> in the areas outside of Perth to this day. Now, that's a threatening way to end the article. <laughs> <laughs> they are still there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I checked, uh, like, a, you can find maps of, like, population distribution, and the whole of Australia is just this huge fucking red mass of emu breeding ground. <laughs> It's a horrible continent. Truly horrible. It really is. It's just a... a, a I want to say wasteland, but it's not because it's beautiful. But it's a wasteland of things trying to murder you, whether it's animals, plants, weather, anything. Yeah, I saw a meme where someone posted a picture of one of those huge spiders that sometimes invade their homes. And this guy responds, yeah, yeah I'm Australian. Our primary spoken language is screaming. <laughs> ridiculous i mean they have a plant out there that makes you commit suicide and if that doesn't say everything about australia then i don't know what does <laughs> yeah uh, well so we'll also post a couple video links and other links uh, that you guys can follow for more information because obviously that's just a pretty brief primer on this uh when you go and you yeah need to do more I, research. Um, oh, i God. sent you did you watch the youtube video that i sent you yeah i did sorry something stuck in my throat okay yeah we'll, we'll <laughs> post that up um uh, that'll be posted in the description as well. So again, there's not a lot of information from what we've posted. We, we kind of uh, went on a tangent to find our own information on how this might work as a film. Uh, so I'm just going to posit the question to you, Rob. I think you know what question that might be. Um, how are you doing today? You know what? No one's asked me that. It's so <laughs> I turned into Michael just Caine at the end. Down. We have... <laughs> oh, my God. We just turned into 60 minutes. Um, <laughs> all right, let's let's get let's get down to the nitty gritty. Rob, what do you got? So this is the stupidest shit I've ever read. Uh and there needs to be a film that reflects that. Um <laughs> uh my movie is called The Ruckus. Okay. Uh, my director is Kevin Smith. Uh, and my cast is all of the Hemsworth brothers. All of them. Yes. <laughs> the whole clan. 
um, and Richard Roxborough as a uh, Australian Army general. Uh, Richard Roxborough, for those of you who don't know, uh, is most famous for playing the Duke in Moulin Rouge and Dracula in Van Helsing. Mm-hmm. Uh, despite his accents and those, he is very, very Aussie. Um, <laughs> basically, what I want to do, the reason I pick Kevin Smith is because he uh, has, a, as his one of his biggest influences, Steven Spielberg. And I want to do kind of a classic, almost Jaws-esque or dual uh, type of film, kind of like 70s Spielberg, uh, sort of buddy horror with this um okay like i want uh chris hemsworth to be really this like absolute war hero from war war one he's got like the i forget what the medal of honor is i think it's called the victoria cross or something like mm-hmm. that he's he's like you know in all the newsreel footage of the australian war uh like th- these guys are gonna go out and handle the problem and uh no they don't um, and they're being stalked <laughs> at all turns by emus. Uh, they ca- they can't sleep at night because the emus are very active at night and prowling them in packs. I kind of want the emus <laughs> to be velociraptors. Is basically what this I was be. just gonna say. Are are these are these basically velociraptors for you? Yeah, they're hundred. <laughs> I mean, it's not like a wrong comparison either. I mean, <laughs> velociraptors <laughs> were just birds with big claws. Um, yeah, they're literally descendant. Uh, uh, from dinosaurs, birds. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> uh, like I, I want, I want the movie to just sort of open with this, you know, gearing up and uh, going off to uh, to to handle this emu problem for the farmers, and they're getting photographed by newspaper reporters and stuff, and it's got this very like old timey <laughs> newsreel feel to it, and it's like ah, our boys are going off to war again, but not where you'd expect, and it's got this sort of like ah. This is going to be a quick jaunt in the jungle. Look at these, look at these handsome young men. <laughs> and uh, and you know, you day one, the screaming and and bloody murder. Yep. <laughs> day one, they're just absolutely pouring fire into this huge mass of emus. <laughs> and um, I know at some point I want to like see them celebrating and drinking beer after a long day of shooting a Lewis gun into a crowd of emus. And you just see at the tree line, there's one emu standing there. And we zoom in tight to his evil, evil giant bird eye as it narrows as he vows revenge. I know that's like my act one finale. <laughs> are your uh, so your emus are not uh, talking animals in this movie, correct? No, and we're not going to have a talking emu in the trailer and trick people like in Kangaroo Jack. <laughs> I've never seen Kangaroo Jack, actually. So Kangaroo Jack is not a good film. Um, <laughs> and a bunch of people our Let's age went to there. see it when it came out. Because in the trailer, there's this whole section of it where the kangaroo is like wearing a jacket and sunglasses. And is like making jokes and rapping at the camera. And that's what they made mm-hmm. you think the movie was. But that's just a 30-second sequence from the movie where Jerry O'Connell is tripping balls. Wait, are you serious? Yeah. I totally thought that it was a talking kangaroo throughout the whole movie. That's the no. That's the only time that that happens. Otherwise, it's two guys trying not to be murdered by Christopher Walken in the outback. What? Try it because I need to they, watch. isn't it? Uh, it's 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 Jerry O'Connell and, and Anthony Anthony Anderson. Yeah, Anderson. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Weird. They trick people. 
it's, it's 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 very not funny and who did you uh who did you have as your cast all of the hemsworths oh right 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 okay that's that's your whole cast just the yeah. hemsworths chris luke and okay. liam <laughs> what has luke been in i saw i was actually so for for my pitch as well i was looking up australian actors and, and luke came up and i was like i don't think i've ever seen him in something um he's on westworld oh is he mm-hmm. interesting and uh i think he was in um uh the second th- um not the second film what the hell am i trying to say oh thor ragnarok um when thor gets oh, back okay. to asgard and he sees like a play of him and loki going With on Matt damon yeah, yeah the guy playing thor is is luke hemsworth <laughs> that's funny yeah but everyone just notices matt damon um, yeah legit i mean well that's usually how matt damon goes you just notice matt damon this is very pretty <laughs> which funny enough he is uh he has been slated to be in uh thor uh love and thunder which means he is returning to the mcu <laughs> What a time to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It is. It is. Um, okay. That's uh, that's an interesting take. Yeah. Uh, and then just sort of from, from there, uh, the, the movie turns and uh, this, the second act of it is definitely them being uh, less successful because uh, the emus have split up and now there's a lot more right. frustration and we can start having our, our protagonists be a little more on edge with the, each other because it's not going the way they thought. And then act three is full blown. Like the emu squads are attacking. <laughs> um, we have to <laughs> take to the trees and try to get back to Perth. <laughs> um, and so that's, yeah, that's pretty much my concept in full. Uh, now let's, let's turn it around and say, Nick, what do you got? All right. So let's see. Um, this is going to be interesting. I went and pitched myself another animated film. So uh, this is going to be interesting how you and I are going to come together on this. My my film uh, is basically an animated war documentary. Uh, and it's, you know, it's like a 1930s war documentary. So it's done with the, the old style, like uh, tabloid commercials and stuff, like the voice you just did recently. Uh, and it's directed by Gore Verbinski. Um, <laughs> and my cast uh, is played uh, with with the Minister of Defense, who was the gentleman who tried to, like, really get the government, the Australian government to agree to slaughter all the emus. Uh, George Pierce is played by one of my absolute favorite actors, Ben Mendelsohn. Hey. Um, I, I went the same route as you with only Australian actors. Uh, so I have, uh, since it is an animated film, obviously my emus do speak because yeah, of course. Um, my emu like chief, like the main emu uh, is, is voiced by Eric Bana. His, his wife is voiced by Rose Byrne and like the star soldier of uh, Ben Mendelsohn's army. Like the, the guy who's like, you know, number one uh, is voiced by Jai Courtney. Hey. Um, so, Basically, it is a an animated feature that is told as a war documentary about this. But in my three acts, I made it a little bit more of each act is actually kind of a different. I don't know if I want to say theme, but it's more of like a different style. Uh, so like the first act is the 
the premise of why all of this happened, which is all the emus stealing the wheat and farmland, uh, you know, growing uh, crops and things like that. Uh, so that's done as like the emus as kind of like a heist storyline where they are, uh, you know, focusing on how to steal these these farmland crops. The second act uh, is done as the Australians deciding war on the emus in Congress, or I guess, is is it called Congress in Australia? The Australian I, Congress? I have to imagine them being uh, in the Commonwealth, that it's a parliament. Right, 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 right. Um, and it's that, that act is done more as kind of a courtroom drama. Um, and then act three is the full on war, the, uh, the, uh, the emu war, the great emu war of 1932, as we all know, uh, is done more as a war film. So each act is kind of its own style, uh, and done a little bit differently. Um, the, the thing I was trying to come up with is that it's not an animated kids movie. This is, this is an adult content film. So I was like, what's the moral? Is there a moral to it? Or is it just telling this story as a wacky animated cartoon? Um, I still am not sure if I wanted it to be a computer animated film or like a, or like a 2d hand drawn. Um, I was kind of torn between the beautiful style of Klaus uh, from Netflix last year and the style of uh, another movie that Gore Verbinski had directed Rango um, because the, Rango is a beautiful film as well, but they're obviously two vastly different styles. Mm. And I think I kind of was leaning towards 2D animation, more like Klaus, um, that kind of like classic style. Uh, and the couple titles that I had come up with uh, were uh, my first one was Flightless, the second one was Fight or Flight, <laughs> the third one was The Winged Front. And the fourth one is a take on the World War One documentary that Peter Jackson made, uh, They Shall Not Grow Old, uh, which is called They Shall Not Run Wild. Um, oh, my are, goodness. <laughs> those are the titles that I had come up with um, for my animated feature. Now, I'm very curious which direction we're going to go here, because as we both know, and I bo- as we both have said in the past, uh, very big fans of Kevin Smith, uh, Jersey Boy represent, and who knows how to make an Australian outback war adventure more than someone from New Jersey. <laughs> so I'm curious to see where we're going to go with this. Oh, boy. Um, I think right off the bat, uh, making this an animated film of any kind, is going to be a lot easier. Probably. Because, yeah. I mean, I guess you were thinking along the lines of so okay, if we had all the money in the world, if we could do whatever we wanted, how would you have pitched the emus? Would it have just been CG? Would it have been Jurassic yeah. Park in style of animatronics when mm-hmm. needed? Oh yeah, I would have been leaning into a lot of animatronics, uh, but obviously okay. CG for like big swirling crowds of emus. Right. Yeah, because I'm thinking more along the lines of like Helm's Deep uh, with emus battling. I mean, yeah, twenty thousand emus, man. <laughs> twenty thousand roaring emus. Um, Okay, so I I think then animated is probably a way to go, but that does not mean that we can't use the ideas and and plot lines of what you had come up with. Um, And we had, one of us, I think it was you, had pitched Kevin Smith a while back, but we didn't end up using him, I don't think. Um, And I can't remember which which pitch that was for, but if anyone knows, feel free to comment and let us know because you probably remember our episodes better than we do. so let's let's pull this together let's make an animated film uh and i'm i'm about kevin smith doing this because i think he's someone that 
is really unknown to a lot of people. I think he's really good at going outside of his wheelhouse, um, especially with um, movies like, oh my God, what was the horror movie he did with John Goodman? Uh, Red, Red State. Red State. Thank you. I wanted to say Red Dawn. And I'm like, no, he did not do the remake of Red Dawn. Um, he's He's very good at going outside of his comfort zone. And I feel like a lot of people don't realize that because they just think of Jane Silent Bob, which... I'll fight for Jane Silent Bob, <laughs> but he's very good at going outside that comfort zone and making something that you don't ex- like Tusk as well. You know, something you wouldn't expect really for him to make. Um, we won't discuss cop out, but <laughs> those type of things, especially horror, which you kind of wanted to lean into. And honestly, an animated horror might be really interesting. So as I'm trying to hybridize these in my head, as we go along, um, I I, th- I think we can make it happen. It's just going to take a lot of effort in in like what direction the film is ultimately going to go. But I think we can yeah. start with like, uh, you know, what do you call it? Uh, four by three, black and white newsreel footage of of people getting ready to go off, um, and and fight a war. Uh, mm-hmm. and it has it has all that patriotic swagger that you were talking about. And uh, we don't we don't drop that they're going to fight emus until the end of the newsreel. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and then we cut to title sequence. Yeah, and uh, and here go our boys to take care of the flightless menace. Oh shit! There's the title. <laughs> That's oh, damn it. The flight fl- flightless menace or the flightless? I think without the yeah. though, right? Uh, <laughs> stumbling menace. ass backwards into it once again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> then hey, smash cut to title, to and then we mm-hmm. can go and do like a uh, a nice sort of zooming shot across the uh, the Australian outback and into into a flock of emus and then we can introduce the emu characters yeah um who and then what did, what did you say you wanted them to be doing early in the film the emus so from the from the video i linked you and which we will link in the article uh is uh they talk about how the reason it kind of came about was the amount of emus that were stealing crops and wheat from the farmlands in the Australian west um so they were literally stealing all of the crops and all of the wheat. And that's what basically led the Australian government to be like, look, we have to murder all of them. <laughs> so, yeah, I think we could see like the emus running along and, and joshing each other. Um, and probably I'm thinking like we want something that, that drives them specifically to go after like wheat fields and stuff. And I think uh, I think their attitude towards humans would probably be a good way to approach it. Like, do they think of people yeah. as like these weird monkeys who just sit next to fields of food and don't do anything and don't yeah. eat it? Yeah. 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 They're just like, they're always like looking at it, but they, they never, you put it in like an Australian accent. They're always looking at it, but then and I don't like don't want, can't do anything. Yeah. That's what it is. You just got to go straight to the, that's not a knife. This is a knife. <laughs> They're always looking at their crops. I mean, they're so they stupid. They never eat them. They got so much of it. Why shouldn't we have some? <laughs> How come we can't go over there and eat some of them yeah. crops? I, I went Boston yeah. there. What are they going to do about it? You seen them? You seen them walk? They're so slow. <laughs> they don't go forty miles like we yeah. do. I can go here. I can go there. Look, he's barely moved. They're not even as tall yeah. as us. So, like, <laughs> we find out they have the same attitude towards humans that humans have towards emus. 
it's basically a reverse Napoleon complex because they are mm-hmm. bigger. They're like, they're so small. They're cute. <laughs> you can bop them on the head. Sometimes they don't get up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I switch uh, Jai Courtney from a star soldier. I want him to play the bully emu, mm-hmm. kind of the the you know the 1980s John Hughes bully as an emu. Oh, yeah. He can be the one who like... Winds up really riling the emus that like it stops being about food and it starts yeah. being about like this is all our land, you know. Why do they get yeah, to live yeah, on yeah. it? He's got an eye patch for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But it, you, yeah, I think yeah, the emus start out like we, we want to hang out with our, you know. In my head, it always defaults to like that that grouping of like your Jonah Hill and your Seth Rogen and and your and everybody. Yeah. Like that kind that not them exactly, but that style friend group in the emus. Right. Yeah. And it's just like they need they want some food, so they go get it, and then and then our war veterans show up and it's like holy shit. <laughs> what the hell happened? Oh, yeah, it's still your damn land. <laughs> I'll come out this morning to have uh, a nice cup of tea next to my, my wheat farm, and there's no more wheat in my farm. <laughs> Oh god! The emu is like they retreat after the first like volley of uh, of machine gun fire, and that's when I, th- I think yeah. the bully character is 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 starting to be like, "This is my time now. This is war. Here we go. This is it. This is <laughs> I'm it. gonna lead. I'm gonna lead these emus to victory." <laughs> and I think he probably has a counterpart amongst our our soldiers uh, of, uh, of like the guy who wants to absolutely exterminate emus. Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, you know what? Let's let's subvert it. He doesn't get to be smiling hunky hero. He's like, yeah, he he gets to be the I want to shed Ahab. blood everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> Ahab. Exactly. We can name him Ahab. Oh my God. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you're named Ahab, eh? <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, it's just not very Australian, I'll say. <laughs> Did he have a first name that kept fucking Captain Ahab? I can never remember. He did. I don't remember it. Though. Oh Christ! To Wikipedia, Captain. I go. It was Captain. <laughs> nope, just Captain Ahab. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus uh, <laughs> um, and then I do want to keep Eric Bana as the, uh, like the the regular, mm-hmm. I guess, quote unquote, leader of the mm-hmm. emus. He's the one that's like, you know, trying to make everything right. But Jai Courtney's just stirring the pot. Oh, one hundred percent. <laughs> it's you know they're literally a flock of birds it's really not hard to to rile them up and into following yeah. it <laughs> um okay so where do we go where do we go with this premise so we start off with what you said the, the newsreel you know 1930s newsreel um which i think actually from an animated standpoint would be really cool if we did it in 1930s style drawings Mm. you know like 1930s comic strips or cartoons or something and then push into the actual animation are you thinking this is where i was having trouble are you thinking 2d or are you thinking 3d i mean if we're gonna do the newsreel in that style we should absolutely do like a steamboat willie type of vibe definitely absolutely i mean for the whole film um yeah and then Hmm. I mean, if we're if we're going more adult with it, I do think CG might be a better better way to get the action out of it that we need. That's true. Um. Although I don't know. I. I don't know. I mean, 
because 2D animation could be very interesting for kind of adult content. I'm thinking not in terms of like Ren and Stimpy, like not something grotesque, just adult where it's, you know, not meant for yeah. children. Um, it's, um, it's, you know, it's been done. I don't, I don't think we'll be breaking the mold that hugely with right. it, but you know, you right, gotta make right, right, sure right. like you don't want 10 year olds showing up to sausage party. <laughs> I love that movie to death. It's weird. Um, it's a it's weird so movie. So strange. So strange. Um, I definitely want to try and do this as a pitch for kind of what'd you say, a buddy horror? Like, I want to, I would love to see a, an animated horror, you know? The only thing I think I've ever seen is like any of the animated Resident Evil movies. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't happen a lot. Um, it's hard to do. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Um, but you know, that's what we're here for. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, so far we've, we've gone through the emus deciding to go get some food and calling in the veterans and the first like day where a bunch of emus get shot. Uh, doesn't matter how many you shoot cause there's 20,000 and there's only one machine gun, but, um, yeah, yeah then, you know, Which regrouping is, yeah, it's, it's funny because in the video, uh, they talk about how they, they literally thought that they might have been magic because um, the gun jammed, like the two machine guns they had jammed after killing 12 of the emus. So it's like they were like under the impression that like maybe, I don't know, aboriginals or something had like blessed the emus or something. Mm -hmm. um, and then they did say that they ended up killing a thousand, which that's a lot of emus. But in terms of 20,000, that's basically no yeah, emus. And also over the course of a month, <laughs> With machine guns, it's not yeah. good. It's not a good yeah. rate. <laughs> Basically, took twelve rounds to kill a single emu. Christ alive! <laughs> um, friggin' Captain America emus yeah. over here. So yeah, then I guess we can just drop into like, you know, if, if uh, we're trying to be a little more funny about it, we we can just drop immediately into this huge thematic shift into this horror film as we just stick with the men as they're being stalked for like half an hour of the runtime. It's it's, yeah, it's it just yeah, turns yeah. into a horror movie, Which, yeah. Where they're basically being just hunted, and it's kind of, sort of. Um, I don't know if you ever saw the original uh, movie, um, Most Dangerous Game. Oh, the the old black and white film. Yeah, yeah. yeah they showed it to us in uh, English class back in the day. Yeah. Nice. Okay, I, I'm thinking something along the lines of that, just a little bit, like in more terms of war, but. It's basically the most dangerous game where these birds are so actually, or do we throw it on its side where we have the birds hunting the men? Um, or at least in one like segment, maybe, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely. What I was thinking is that the soldiers absolutely having to be on the run for a bit from the, from the emus. Yes. Yeah. That, uh, do, you, do you remember in uh, the lost world, Jurassic park, uh, uh, towards the end of the film, they're trying to evacuate the island and they start walking out into the tall grass and this guy's just like, don't go into the long grass. Uh, yeah. 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 It, it's just getting picked <laughs> off. It, it's, it's, it's like that kind of whole segment from the, from the last act of, of the lost world where it's just, people are getting yeah. picked off or like hiding behind waterfalls. It's, it's got that Spielberg that, that quality. And it's yeah. And it's a very similar counterpart uh, in the mummy returns when they're in the, the f the forest or the grass or something with Ugh, the pygmies, little pygmy you know? mummies. I hated those things. God, I hate those things. Um, but yeah, it's like they just kind of like you see their heads tip. Like it, that could be a great nod to Spielberg's Jaws too. Like you kind of see the tips of their heads over the grass. Um, 
as they're kind of running and just pecking at people. Jesus Christ. That's actually really <laughs> scary. It's like you don't know where it's coming yeah. from next. Yeah, seriously. And then we, you know, we use a couple Wilhelm screams, maybe some blood splatters and stuff. Oh my god. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to have more <laughs> than three soldiers, but that's fine. We're gonna kill yeah. them all. <laughs> um so right now we have Jai Courtney, Chris Hemsworth, and Eric Bana. Let's bring in a couple more. Um we can bring in Rose Byrne just as one of the female emus. Because there's no, you know, they're they're emus. They're not like only the men can go yeah. to war. Yeah, it's just just part of our friend group. Um I think yep. we can have um you said Ben Mendelssohn. I want to save him for something better. Yes. So I think we can have Richard Roxborough be like the kind of the wise old emu who's like the head of the flock and he gets killed on the first day and that creates the power (laughs) vacuum for jai courtney's captain ahab emu (laughs) captain ahab but an emu what the um, fuck are we doing uh which speaking of i know we we mentioned it earlier van helsing i just want anybody to know who's listening to this i will fight for the movie van helsing till my death <laughs> there there was a period I, when it came out on dvd when i was a kid uh my, my brother had yeah. this thing where he would like only watch like one movie for like a month like that would just be the movie mm-hmm. he put on for a long time it was yep. troy but like there was very dude van helsing. I think, yeah uh, yeah yeah van helsing troy the mummy jurassic park uh pirates of the caribbean curse of the black pearl those were all like my um i'm home from school sick those are the movies i'm watching mm-hmm. you know I even had the Van Helsing video game. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Just spamming crossbows. Yeah. And then you got that. The, I I always loved the visual of um, Jekyll and Hyde in that movie. Uh, Robbie Coltrane. You know, how he looked. Yeah. I loved how he looked. Um, and I also, I'll stand by that the the design of how werewolves function by instead of, you know, instead of growing into the werewolf, they're ripping off their skin to reveal it. I always thought that that was genius. Mm. Yeah. They, that, that's, I thought that was cool. Although it, it, it leads to like a question of, all right, so you pulled off your human skin and now the wolf skin and now you're changing back. So I guess you had like another set of human skin under the wolf skin. Yeah. Just yeah, underneath it seems it. inefficient. <laughs> <laughs> um, how could we possibly bring in one of my favorite actors who I forgot was Australian, uh, John Noble. Is he Australian? He is. Yeah, he's from Port Pirie. Oh, God, he has such like a stentorian. I've been to acting school voice. It's it's hard. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh wow. Um, I mean, that's what you get from Lord yeah. Denethor. <laughs> <laughs> did you uh, did you ever watch DC's Legends of Tomorrow a bunch? I watched the first season. That was when that show kind of picked up. Is when I was kind of like, I can't keep watching all these CW There's shows. So many. It's too much work. But he he yeah. he makes an, a, two appearances on it. One, he's the voice of like the big bad in season two or three. I can't remember which name. Malice. Mm-hmm. Um, and fucking uh, Brandon Routh notices at one point in one episode. He's like, Do you know that guy sounds a lot like Denethor, the steward of Gondor? And everyone stares at him like, What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Oh, this actor, John Noble, uh, he plays Denethor, uh, who's not the king of Gondor. He's a steward. He's, and he's like, I'm going to shut up. It's like, wait, Ray, you're telling me somebody sounds exactly like this villain? He says, yeah. And then they get the idea. They travel back to the set of The Lord of the Rings. What? And they get John Noble in his trailer in costume as Denethor to, like, 
hey, we got some new lines for you that uh, Peter wants you to try out. And they record him saying these things and they trick a bunch of henchmen with it. I need to find this episode. It was a fucking delight. (laughs) (laughs) That's insane. He pokes his head out of the trailer and he's got that long wig on him. Like, it's fucking dead at the door. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Oh, man. I think he can be like maybe the like the farmer uh, whose crops are being destroyed. Who who calls, yes, calls for aid? Definitely, like Gondor calls yeah. for aid. <laughs> the beacon has been lit. The Australian farmers have called for Mr. aid. Mr. Gonderman. <laughs> He's got one white yeah. tree. Gonderman calls for aid. <laughs> Love it. Uh, yes, yeah, so um, horror section. So how, I guess, does the movie wrap up? Like, we're having a lot of fun getting somewhere, but yeah. I don't know where we're going. <laughs> Welcome to our <laughs> podcast. Um, <laughs> I, well, we have to leave it that they win. And do we want to go, do we want to make it a subtle ending where nothing much has changed? Or do we want to kind of go a dystopian future where maybe, <sighs> you know where we change it to like the emus have taken over or something. Not that exactly, but you know, something kind of soaping future. I'm not sure that that's wrong. (laughs) Um, You're not wrong. All right. Here's, here's, here's my pitch. Um, All right. So we've reached the end of the movie and in desperation, the soldiers have set a big portion of the bush on fire Mm -hmm. um, to try and split up. Yeah. Giant, giant fire and and climactic like pyro uh pyro very jungle book uh, like art yeah yeah Uh, to try and split up the emus and drive them off and in this um i'm thinking the eric (laughs) it's so weird saying this i'm thinking the eric mana emu has a confrontation with the jai courtney emu (laughs) eric mana emu (laughs) and like you know kicks him off of a a ledge into the flame uh for the soul of the emu flock and uh, then he confronts um, one of our soldiers. Who 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 do we think was our heroic soldier? We didn't. I mean, well, we had Chris Hemsworth yeah. not as the heroic. Let's have, soldier, you know what? Ben like Mendelsohn's not old. Let's just have him be that guy because he's got a little bit of a lisp, so people do interpret that well, as that, younger. And it's also, it well, it's also remember that we're doing an animated mm-hmm. film, so it doesn't really matter yeah. how old he is. So he he can be our better um, soldier. Yeah, he's got a very excellent like like that. That Australian lisp is just, it's so interesting. Yep. Uh, it, it's distinctive. I, I like it a lot. Yeah. Uh, some roles he really plays it up, though. <laughs> you can tell. He does, yeah. Uh, but I think then, like, through the flame, we have, like, then uh, Eric Bana locks eyes with Ben Mendelsohn, and they sort of silently come to some sort of accord. That, that, yeah, that this is, yeah. this is too much. We're gonna flock off back, and you can you can get your people out of here. It's it's literally just oh, what have we become? Exactly on both sides. <laughs> something yeah. something very similar has to happen with Ben Mendelsohn and Chris uh, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's got to be a scene where like they're literally sitting around a fire, like the, all the brushes on fire and stuff, and like Ben Mendelsohn's character and like Eric Bana's emu are just sitting across from the fire, like kind of like 50, 100 feet away or something. One's on one side of the brush and one's on the other, just staring at each other. And they kind of have this like knowing, this knowing look to each other. Like, what have we done? (laughs) I I, I think Ben Mendelsohn is probably going to leave Chris Hemsworth to the, to the emus. Yes. Like he absolutely refuses to retreat and he just leaves him there just maniacally shooting and laughing 
as the flames yeah. come more into his clothes in. <laughs> and it just becomes a tidal wave of emus crashing down yeah. on him. <laughs> My God, this is a yes, nightmare. This is um, fucking horrible. <laughs> Imagine it, Meg. Imagine a wave of emus in the in the pitch black <laughs> night as flames illuminate only your face. <laughs> It's got to be like some really great lighting effects in this animation. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, (laughs) we got the corridor crew to do it since they know lighting so well. (laughs) We just need to give them 50 more people. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah. Yeah, Let's get get Um, corridor on on board with this. Hell yeah. I mean, this is great because this this wouldn't be a long film. Like, this is this is 90 minutes. I'm I'm shooting for 85. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously. And that's that's just such a great end where like he leaves Chris Hemsworth and, and he's you know he's shooting the machine gun like rah, ha, ha, come and get me Amos <laughs> and they're all just flocking in from every uh, corner. Yeah, they have to they have to like you said they have to move like Velociraptors. Yep. Has to be very reminiscent of that. Yeah, we're really gonna swerve people with thinking this is gonna be like a sausage party esque comedy, and then uh oh yeah 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 uh oh it got and dark. It's just oh my. God, oh my God, what's happening? <laughs> There's this. Uh, this is kind of what I'm vibing for the ending. There's this uh, movie from the 70s by Sam Peckinpah called uh, Cross of Iron. It's about a uh, German mm. soldiers on the uh, the Russian front, and uh, at at the end, our our sort of hero character is uh, standing in the trenches, firing a machine gun at the Russians and laughing maniacally, <laughs> uh, and his superior <laughs> officer, who's a piece of shit like runs out of ammo and doesn't know how to get his gun back in order and is like begging for ammunition as the hero laughs and then the movie yeah. ends <laughs> that's it it just ends with like after all of that there's the brush fire where ben Mendelssohn and eric banner just see each other from afar and and that's it that's yep. the ending <laughs> maybe do like an end credit scene where like it, just something funny where like one farmer is just like tilling the yep. crops and then uh, i'm trying to think of some text we can put on the screen i mean i'm gonna look up some emu facts real quick See if I can get emu facts. That's, uh, granted, funny enough, people, that's not the first time Rob has said that to me. <laughs> um, do we want to? Do we want to drop like a fact about how many emus there are, or like a physical fact about emus? Hmm. Something to kind of like scare people. With. Emu <laughs> facts. Yeah, something that's like facts about emus. I want like scare, amazing, amazing emu facts. They are the only birds with calf muscles. Oh God. That's creepy. <laughs> They're fast runners, high jumpers, and strong swimmers. Um, males incubate the eggs and raise the chicks. Humans once lost to war with emus. That's what we're talking <laughs> about right now. Um, they can be helpful to farmers. Emus have capitalized on the presence of people in Australia's inland and the Smithsonian Conservation Biology Institute explains. Farmers and ranchers set up water sources the birds can exploit, which has let emus expand into habitats that were once too dry. Fences can help fend off emus, but not all farmers want to keep emus away. Some farmers see the birds as beneficial because they eat the burrs that entangle sheep wool, as well as caterpillars and grasshoppers. That's interesting. What if we make it a helpful fact? (laughs) That could be fun. That could be fun. (laughs) They also find water by following storm clouds. That's smart. And they lay awake in bed before falling asleep. What does that mean? Doesn't everybody lay awake in bed before falling asleep? (laughs) Uh, I'm not sure what they mean by that. Emus Emus can run up to 31 miles per hour. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's insane. Emus can go weeks without eating. 
weeks. weeks. Holy shit. That's so strange. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Its legs are devoid of feathers. It has shark claws on its toes. Oh, okay. Here, here's the, the little fact we end on here. Uh, the emu's toe it. claw uh, grows to a total of six inches in length. Jesus Christ, it's like the claw from the Velociraptor really that Sam Neill yeah. <laughs> shows. <laughs> That's <Emu> insane. <laughs> Sounds like a good drink. Oh, yeah, type type email claw into Google Images. Holy shit. Okay. Imagine this just starting second. at the top of your stomach and pulling down. Oh, my God. They're Velociraptors. They're Velociraptors, yeah, guys. That's terrifying. <laughs> that's 100% terrifying. Meg, they're coming for you. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we've got a suitable suitable horror piece here. I think so, too, as well. Um, I don't, honestly, I don't know what else to say. We use, we use that claw as just the friggin' catalyst of the the end credits yeah. or something. <laughs> oh my god. I'm so freaked out by that claw. All right. I am I am good with this. Somehow, somehow we have made a movie. <laughs> um this was a little bit of a quicker one. Uh obviously with an animated film we usually go a little bit quicker. I say usually as we've pitched one animated film now too. Um hope you guys enjoyed this one. Make sure to like, subscribe, review, comment, all that jazz. WDYG Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, uh, WDYG Podcast at Gmail. Follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure you review, subscribe. I don't know what else to say. That's everything I got, basically. <laughs> you have anything, Rob? No, it's just, you know, please be safe out there, everyone. Vaccines are on their way out. Uh, soon, Nick and I will, will be in each other's arms again. <laughs> we Hopefully. just got to stay safe and smart <laughs> about it and... Uh, yeah, um, I'm 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 happy uh, happy you're here listening to us and getting a little bit of joy out of some dim times. That's what we hope for. Uh, so for today's episode, uh, this has indeed been a story about emus. <laughs> I've been Rob. I'm sorry for anyone. I've been Nick. And this is what we got. <laughs> What Do You Got is recorded live at the Cape Swoosh Studios in Bloomfield, New Jersey. Our theme song was written and performed by Trevor Campbell. Additional music is provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. And our wonderful logo was designed by Gabby Weiss. You can find her on Twitter at, at Gabby Weiss. 